Right, let's get going over here. So, good to vach. Today's daf is daf Ayin Gimel, page 73 of the Heli Gimel Sechel Super. So, we're going to pick up on the bottom of Ayin Beis, Amad Beis, two lines from the bottom. We're up to Itmar. Okay, Itmar. We learned two lines from the bottom, Ayin Beis, Amad Beis. Here we go. Fascinating Gemara. All right. We're going to continue on the concept, the, the concept of Nidarim, of vows. And we're going to discuss when the husband really wanted that there shouldn't be any vows, but he wasn't so clear as to how strong of a demand and how meaningful the lack of vows are to him. Like, how much do you really care about this? All right? So, Itmar, we learned. Kitsha al He did Kedushin. He put a ring on his wife's finger, and he spoke out the condition he doesn't want her to have Nadar. Uknasa, but then he brought her into his home. They didn't assume him. Stam, he didn't say anything. So he said something before he put a ring on her finger. But then when it came time to actually move in as husband and wife, he didn't say anything. What's the halacha there? Do we say that it's a valid marriage if we find out she had vows? Because why didn't you re- reestablish how important this is? Or do we say no? We say no, it's still a problem. So Rav Amar Rav says, Rav says, if he married her with a condition and did not reiterate the condition, you are fully married. Now interestingly, Rav doesn't say anything about a ksuba. It seems that they're going to be married and she's going to need a get if they ever get divorced. But as far as a ksuba is concerned, doesn't seem so. All it says you need a get. Doesn't say she's going to go out with a ksuba if they ever want to get divorced, okay? Shmuel, Amar Shmuel says, no, 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 no. You're not even married. We go back to the original condition. You do not need to get. You're not married. Now listen to this. Rav is saying you need a get. Because he didn't reiterate his condition. Now it seems, what does it seem? Why is it a, why is it a marriage? Because I might say, you know, he doesn't really care anymore. Therefore, it's a valid marriage. Says Abai to clarify, he says, no, don't think that's the reason. Amr Abai, Abai says, stop it today's daf. Don't think that the reason for Rav saying that it's a valid marriage and he can need to get is because since he didn't reiterate it, he's Michael the tonight. He forgives the condition. He doesn't care anymore. That's not why it's a valid marriage. Ready for this? Says Rav, he still does care. However, listen to this incredible. Ella, time the These are why Rav says it's a valid marriage. Even though he cares about the condition, is because since you had Nesuin and you had relations with each other, if he were to now care about the condition, guess what's going to happen? The whole marriage is nullified. So his, his relations he had with his wife is now Znus. It's not, nothing to do with his marriage anymore. He prefers that it's a valid marriage and his relations are not Znus than to have the marriage be invalid and it is Znus. That's how Abaye explains Rav. Now, interestingly, as Rashi kicks in and explains over here, interestingly, um, what's going what's to happen is that he still may not be obligated in Aksuba. Because even though he doesn't want his Bia to become a Znus, it doesn't mean that as far as financially, he still wants to obligate himself in the Ksuba. So we're kind of dancing at two Chaznas according to Rav's opinion. Okay, bottom line is we have Machoikas Rav, Rav and Shmuel. 
about whether when you makadish with a condition and he doesn't reiterate, Rav says it is a valid marriage because he doesn't want his bia to be his nos. Shmuel says it's not a valid marriage. You know, prenuptial, you have seen prenuptial agreements where... You're talking about halachic prenups? Yeah. Yeah, so th- right. th- that actually is a very smart thing that a lot of rabbonim, not a lot, some rabbonim, it's not really so commonplace yet, but a lot of rabbonim, they will, if they're asked to be Misadar Kedushin, they will instruct the couple to write a prenup obligating the husband, a, a civil prenup, where, which states that if the husband does not give his wife a get, when a Bezdin tells him he has to, he's going to have to pay legally a fine of $400 every day that the get's not given. This way, they're trying to help the Aguna situation, where if down the road something happens, that they're actually all Rabbonim, they will not officiate at a wedding unless this, this uh, sort of prenup has been, uh, has been created. But that's it's a little bit uh, different, but yeah, it's worthwhile uh, mentioning that over here. Okay. So here we go. Says the Gemara, why do you got to mention this Machlokothin Rav and Shmuel about whether or not the guy would prefer to keep his condition or whether he prefers to um, make sure that his, relate, that his uh, intercourse is not Znoz. Here we go. Rav and Shmuel already argued about it a different time. Ditmar, because we learned. Let's say you have a girl married off by her brother and mother. Now remember, if her mother and brother marry her off when she's young, because she's an orphaness, she's an orphan, let's say, right? So her mother and brother marry her off. She's rabbinically married. Anytime before adulthood, she can refuse the marriage and walk away. What happens if she doesn't refuse the marriage and she remains with her husband into adulthood? Now remember, she got married to him as a rabbinic wife. Now when she reaches adulthood and she's staying with him, what does that do? What does that do? So she, let's say she doesn't refuse the marriage. She's now older. And then, you know what she does? A year later, a month later, a year later, she gets up and she walks away. And she marries somebody else. And she says... You never really married me. That was all a rabbinic marriage. One second. Why'd you stay with your husband? Why'd you stay with your rabbinic husband? You know what she might say? Eh, because I was in the mood to. I, all your acts of relations, if you're saying now that you never meant to be with him as a wife, it's all going to turn into znus. So what? Fine. Would she say that? So listen to this. She, she doesn't refuse the marriage. She stays with the guy, with her first husband. And then one day she picks up and walks to another guy. Rav Omar, Rav says, She does not need to get from the second guy. You know why, says Rav? Because the fact that she stayed with her first husband, we're assuming the reason is, is because she wants to be a wife. And they're not, they don't plan on turning all their relations into znus. However, Shmuel says, Shmuel Omar, No, no, no. She may very well be married to the second guy. And therefore, you're going to have to get divorced from him. You're going to, you need to get. I, why? Because maybe her, her thoughts all along when she stayed with her with husband number one was for Znus. Maybe that taka was her thought. 
So you see the same Achoyk of Steen Rav and Shmuel about whether or not we assume that they, uh, the person wants their pre-existing relations to turn into a Znus or not is the same Achoyk as by Mion is the same Achoyk as by Nedarim. Says the Gemara, you're right, it is the same dispute. However, each one is necessary to argue about because each one's got a unique Chiddush. How so? Utsricha. I need both disputes. Diet Marbahi, if you were only given the case that we just mentioned about a Mion where she, she didn't refuse the marriage, I would say, that's where Rav says that she's considered married to the first guy and she does not need to get from the second guy. Because there was no Tanai involved. There was no condition involved at all. There's no condition. Nobody said anything. Yeah, Everybody knows, as Rashi explains over here, everybody knows that her first marriage was just a rabbinic marriage. It's a big deal. Everybody should say everybody knows that. However, but in the case of the condition, there's conditions over here. We're dealing with biblical marriage, but there's conditions attached to it. I would say that he agrees to Shmuel that maybe she did it for, she has no problem turning it into his nos. And if you want to have given the case of the vows, I would say that is only by the case, that's where Shmuel says, that it is considered a a uh, marriage, avol bahach, because of the condition avol bahach. But by the case of Mion, I would say he agrees to Rav that maybe they thought about marriage at the time of their relations. Therefore, tricha each case teaches us its own chiddush. Fine. Very good. Bottom line is, we now know why Rav and Shmuel are arguing in two places. It's not really redundant, and we and we also have their opinions down pat. In that Rav is holding that we're assuming people prefer to not have their relations turn into Znus. And Shmuel says, no, people are fine having their relations turn into Znus as long as the marriage is not valid. Conditions aren't met, marriage isn't valid. Ah, it's going to be Znus, says Shmuel, so what? So what? That, 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 that's not as important as the marriage not being valid. Fine. Says the Gemara, let's try to see who's correct. Rav or Shmuel. Tanah, we learned in the Mishnah. Konsastam, somebody marries his wife doesn't say anything about having her having a pre-existing condition of vows, of nadarim over her head. Then they get married, and it turns out there are vows that exist. So you got to get divorced. Now you got to get divorced. He's allowed to divorce her, and he, he, he doesn't need to pay a ksuba. Now he never mentioned about this. So interestingly, there's this, there's this vow in existence, he never mentioned it. She loses her ksuba. Says the Gemara, ksuba hu deloy boy. What? You're not going to get a ksuba, but you need a get? Yeah. Hagita boy. You're going to need a get, but you're not going to give a ksuba. My love, kitchal tonight, concertstam. Are we doing a case where you married her on condition and she came in stam and still we see it's a valid marriage because you need a get to yufta de shmuel, which is an upslug on shmuel. It's a refute on shmuel. Good question. Answer the Gemara, top of my base, loy. No. Kitchestam, but kanatsestam. Nothing was ever mentioned. Maybe the case where of this bride that we're mentioning over here is with, he never mentioned anything about vows when he, before he put a ring on her finger. Never mentioned anything about vows when they moved in together. And then he finds out afterwards there's vows. In such a case, Shmuel's going to say, everyone will, Shmuel's going to say, it's a valid marriage, but no ksuba. No ksuba. 
Says Gemara, one second. If, if let's say he mentioned the Tanai before putting a ring on her finger, he mentioned the condition, you can't have vows. And then he marries her without saying anything. Are you going to tell me like Shmuel's halacha that you don't need to get? In our Mishnah, when we said, when a person marries a woman on condition that she doesn't have Nadarim in him, she has Nadarim, she has vows. There's no Kiddushin. Why'd you say it like that? Says the Gemara, listen, if Shmuel's right, the Mishnah should have said, They had an Asuan plane, no mention of anything. And then it turns out there are vows. You're not married. And if you're, not, if you're not married in a case where he didn't mention it by the marriage, certainly where it's going to happen after Kedushan and before Nesuin, we're going to say she's not married at all. Meaning, if he finds out after Erison and Nesuin, we're going to say there's no marriage. How much more so? Let's say you found out after Kedushan before Nesuin. How much more so? You never even had relations. There's no concern about anything becoming znos because they never had relations yet. How much more so should we say that the marriage is invalid? So Gemara says, you're right. We could have written it like that. However, hachinami kamar. The Mishnah is written in a way of hachinami. Meaning, you're right there too. Now let's read the Mishnah. Somebody marries a woman. On condition she doesn't have any of these vows. And then when it comes time to come in with him, to marry... To, to live together, Nesuin, doesn't say anything. Turns out, she had vows, which he mentioned before the Erisim. This whole thing's a mistake. You're not married. She doesn't even need to get. What happens if he never mentioned vows ever and turns out she had vows? Then we say, you got to give a get. However, you're not obligated to pay her the ksuba. Again, why are you going to have to give a get? Because we don't want her to turn into znos. However, the ksuba, you're not going to be obligated to give. Because the general assumption is that he never would have married her if he knew that there were these vows hanging over her head that could have impact, that can impact their relationship. Fine. Now the Gemara is going to ask a very basic question. And we touched on this when we started today's daf. And let's take a step back. According to Shmuel, listen closely, okay? According to Shmuel, if you marry a woman, assuming there's no nidarim, and she doesn't have any pre-existing vows, and it turns out she has vows over her head. She has vows. What did we say? You divorce her, you need to get, but there's no ksuba. Sounds like you're dancing at two weddings over here. Sounds like you're dancing at two weddings. You're married, so you need to get, but there's no ksuva. Let's clarify this. Says the Gemara, ksuva hu There's no ksuva needed. Hagita boi, but you do need to get. So you were married, but no ksuva. Says the Gemara, what's the difference? Why do we say there's no ksuba needed? He's going to say, I never wanted to be married to a woman who's got vows over her head. 
Says Gemara, Yochi, get Nami Loisibai. Well, if you never want to be married to her, the whole thing's a Mekachtois. The whole thing's a mistake. Not only does she not need a Ksuva, she should need a get. You're not married in the first place. Omar Rabba, Rabba says, Tzricha get midavrehem. She needs a get midarabonim. So granted, uh, it's really not a marriage. Okay, granted, it's really not a marriage. But the issue is, as Rashi explains, we're still going to need a get because midarabonim, people saw them moving in together. So we don't want people to think that you, since they look like they're married, we don't want people to think that you could be married and leave it out again. So even though granted, you were never really married, but they're going to say, in this situation, give a get. Amar Rava, I'm sorry, Rava Amar, so that's Rava's, that's Rava's take. Rava says, you know, really you shouldn't need a get, but you're going to, you're going to give a get, midavrayim. Listen, you guys moved in together, what are you going to do now? Separate without a get? Why? Because there was a pre-existing condition? People aren't going to notice all this. Hence, give a get midrabon. Rava, my brother, says no. Really, our Mishnah, the time of our Mishnah, was in doubt about what the halacha is. Meaning, remember, we said the case of our Mishnah is, he never said anything about you can't have a tanai. And then he, he can't have a condition. Then he gets married until she had conditions. Our Tana is in doubt. Like, what do you do now? How do you view this? What do you do? Gabi Mimaina Lakula, if you just look at the laws of the, the Ksuba, so that is a monetary obligation. So you don't have to, you don't have to pay it. Suffolk, you're in doubt. She can't extrapolate money from him. Hamaitzi Mechavel Varai, you want to remove money from him. She wants to say, pay me a Ksuba. He's going to say, no, prove it. I, I owe it to you. Gabi Isura Lakumra, but as far as Isser, Whenever you're in doubt about something that's forbidden, right? If you don't know whether food is kosher or non-kosher, you're allowed to eat it? No. Not till you know what's going on. So too over here. If the, if the tan is in doubt as to whether or not they're married, so you're going to have to give a get. What about a ksuba? No, the husband can tell the wife, I don't need to pay your ksuba because the whole reason why I gave you a get is as, as of a suffix, out of a doubt. But a doubt, you can't extrapolate money from me till you prove I actually owe you money. So you're giving a get, but you're not actually paying out a ksuba. Okay. Says the Gemara, Amar Rabba, Rabba says, you should know machlekes The The machlekes that we're talking over here is when there's a tois, a mistake between two women. Okay. What does it mean between, uh, between uh, two women? Which means that um, you, you have two women over here. If you look in Rashi, there you go. So Kiddush Leah. So it says Rashi Dibra Maskil, the opening words, about 10 lines down the thin lines. Kiddush Leah al He married Leah on condition. Ve'isha acheres konastam achareha. You this? And then, so he told Leah, I'm only marrying you on condition that you don't have vows. And then he married a second wife. And he didn't mention anything about having pre-existing vows. And it turned out the second wife had vows. Now, he remember, he only said something to Leah. He didn't say anything to the second wife. Says Rashi to explain, according to Shmuel, since he said to his first wife, you can't have Nedarim, 
the second wife should have known that she shouldn't have Nedarim before she married him. She should have known. And if she didn't reveal, says Shmuel, if she didn't reveal the, that she has vows, the whole marriage is nullified. It's the expectation on her that has major ramifications when it comes to what you reveal when it comes to Shaduchim and what type of research you're obligated to do. Shmuel says, the second wife, I mean, he told the first wife, second wife could have done her research. However, Rob says, no, maybe the first wife, he didn't want to marry her if she had, to, if she had Nadarim, because maybe he doesn't like her as much. Whatever his reason is, doesn't matter. The second wife, he likes her so much, even if she has vows, he's willing to marry her. And therefore, if he didn't say anything to the second wife, she's not responsible to tell him. Okay, so again, says Rabbah, the Machlekas in Rabbah Shmuel is if there's a, a uh, mistake, a lack of understanding when you're marrying one wife to another wife. But let's say you're dealing with one wife and that's where the confusion's coming about. Everybody's going to agree. There's no obligation to give her a get. Even Rav will agree it's a Mekach toy, so to speak. Right? Rav will agree the whole marriage wasn't valid. Our mission is dealing with one woman, one wife. First he said, either the cases, first he said to her no conditions, and then he didn't reiterate it, or the cases where he said nothing. Says Abaye, the Kamosfinon to Yuftamine. And we're still using our Mishnah to upslug, to refute Shmuel. How could you do that if it's a different case? If Shmuel's only arguing in a case of two women, and Arm is dealing with one woman, you can't refute Shmuel with a different case. Rather, if you want to explain the, the case, it's as follows. Amar Rabbah. Rabbah says, Machlekes is when there's a mistake in one woman as if there's two women. Okay? Meaning like this. You married the same woman twice. See, here's what happened. Ready? You married a woman. You said, I'm marrying you on condition. You don't have vows. Fine. They get married. A year later, they get upset at each other. He divorces her. Then they reconcile. They remarry, and the second time he marries, he never mentioned the vows. Turns out, before the second marriage, there were vows. Okay? So you married the one wife, one woman, as if it's two women. So Rob's going to say, the marriage is still valid. Marriage is still valid. That's it. He didn't mention it the second time. It's fine. We don't, we don't want it to become Znus. Shmuel's going to say no. Since he told her before the first marriage, he doesn't like marrying her with vows. What are you going to say? He likes her more the second time, so he doesn't care? No, if he told her before the first marriage, that stays into the second marriage. And if there are vows, the whole marriage is, um, is uh, ab- absolved. It's, it's nullified. Okay? But, let's keep, but however, if let's say... There's a mistake within the same marriage. What was that case? He um, he uh, did Arison with the Tanai, but he didn't do Kedush, he didn't do Nesuin with a Tanai. Then Divrei Akol, everybody will agree, Ein Tzricha Himenuget. This was your one marriage on one woman. I already told you before Arison. 
says Abaye, explaining Rabbi's statement, that the, um, the halach is going to be, you're not married. You don't need a get. I, I told you, you can't have conditions. So the whole, the whole marriage is out. I don't need to give you a get. Abaye, Abaye now asks a challenging question on Rabbi's understanding of the case. Let's say he married her as a mistake. Okay. What does it mean as a mistake? He didn't know she had vows. Or he marries her with less than a shavapruta. We know in order to marry somebody with money, it has to have real financial value. It's called a shavapruta, the value of a pruta. So he marries her with a half a penny. There's no real value here. The chain, and similarly, cut on shakidesh. You have a nine-year-old kid who walks over to a 13-year-old girl. Nine-year-old boy walks over to a 13-year-old girl. And he says, Hareat mekudashasli. You're married to me. Okay. Even if he sends her, Rashi explains, all sorts of expected engagement presence. So you have, you have somebody who marries a woman with less than a shavapruta, or a person who marries a woman um, with pre-existing uh, vows where they didn't know about or you have a minor that marries. And you know what happens afterwards? They send an engagement ring. And they send a shaitl. And they send uh, pearls for the yichad room. Right? They send all these things that, that people, uh, you know, have customs to. You're not married. You're not married. We say, he sent the presents, assuming that he was married. But you're not. So it doesn't matter. But in all these cases, if they then had relations, that acquires it. Okay? Now, how can these relations acquire her? How's this? What's it, what are these relations doing? So the way that this is written is in Ba'alu, if they have relations, it seems that the actual intercourse is what's acquiring and creating the marriage. How so? The assumption right now is, like our original thought process of Rav, which was, a person does not want their act of relations to become Znus. So as soon as you do this as well, you have the relations as well, the person is going to want, granted it was a tois, granted it was a mistake, I didn't know she had vows, Granted, I get originally gave her less than a shava pruta, yeah? but now that we had relations, I'm expecting this to be the Kenyan. No, even if they had relations, like Kanu, there's no acquisition. She says, no, you, listen, maybe you just had relations. Who says that, that, you're, you, that, that that's your intention to acquire her with now? No. You didn't give her the right amount, you're not married. There was a toys, there was a mistake, you're not married. Says Gemara, here we're done with one woman. Upligi, you still see a machlekes. My love, tosadar. Are we dealing with a case where what does it mean you're married betois, where there was a mistake, where you didn't know there were these pre-existing vows? You see that there's even a machlekes about pre in, in a case where there are pre-existing vows on one woman. There's still before we said according to Rabbah's approach, there's no machlekes by one woman. Here you see there is. 
Says Gemara wrong. The mistake was less than a shava pruta. Says Gemara, no, 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 that can't be. It, the the Mishnah lists out two different things. Don't tell me that you married betois. You married by mistake, and that means you gave too little of, of value. The ring, you know, when you go to a wedding, very often under the chuppah, the masadar kedushin, the one officiating at the wedding, is going to turn to the bride and groom, hold up the ring before the marriage, and say, and the adam and the witnesses, and say, is this worth a shava pruta? Do you see this ring, this gold ring, has real financial value? Because if the chassin bought it from a little machine that you put a quarter into and turn in a little plastic ring that cracks in 30 seconds, falls out, if he were to put such a cheap ring on her finger, that doesn't have real value. And if a husband, put, uh, if a, not a husband, if a man puts this on a woman's finger, you're not married. So you have to know it's worth a shava pruta. You have to know it has a real uh, financial value. Call it whatever, twenty-five cents, fifty cents. It has to have a, a it has to have a, a real value. So says the Gemara. Don't tell me that if you pay too little, that's called kitcha betois. We 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 mentioned it separately. Kitcha betois It says you married her by mistake, or you married her with too little money. Don't tell me it's the same thing. Says the Gemara. No, pirushi kamafari. It is the same thing. Meaning, what does our Mishnah mean to say kitcha betois How do you, what does it mean that they got married by mistake? There was a mistake that took place here. What happened was he thought it was enough value. He thought that it was a real gold ring. Turns out it was bought from these little quarter machines. By mistake, it ended up being too little value. Fine. So now, if that's the case, where he married her mistakenly by giving too little value, so what's the whole machlekes over here? We're not dealing with vows anymore. We just knocked that off. That's not the case of the mission. Not dealing with vows. The case of Tois is too little money. And then what happened? You had relations together. So we're going to have a machlekes as to whether you're married now because you don't want these relations to be znos or not. So but my comment, what's the machlekes? Marsavar, one opinion is Adam Yedea, person knows, that marriage is not valid if you don't give real financial value, if you don't give a real value of a pruta, the gamaru and therefore when they had relations, he had in mind to do it the shame for, for the sake of marriage. And you could acquire a woman through Bia. Umar Sava, the other opinion is, that not every man knows the laws of marriage and the value of what he has to give her. And therefore, when they have relations afterwards, he has no, he's not focusing on acquiring her. He thinks he already acquired her. He thinks he already acquired her, and that's why he's having relations. Hence, your marriage never happened. First of all, you gave her too little value. Second of all, even when you had relations... It wasn't for the purpose of marriage. So you're still two single people. Okay. Eisvei, that's a challenging question. You have a couple getting married through Bia. Okay? A couple having Bia. And the husband says to the wife, this act of relations should be effective to that we should be married. As long as my father likes you. On condition, that's not really what he says, on condition my father is okay with us being married. So we're having relations conditionally. Guess what? If his father turns out, he's like, nah, father shows up the next day, I don't like her so much. I don't think it's a good choice. 
says the Brisa, Mikudeshes. You're still married, says Rashi. Why would you still be married? Because our assumption is the husband does not want that act of relations to become Znus. Only if the father wants Mikudeshes are you married. If that was the condition, the father doesn't like her, he doesn't want them to be married, you're not married. Fine. That's the Bryson. Now here we go. In the case over here, in the case of the Brysa, where they're having relations, he says, on condition my father likes you. You have one woman. This thing should be like a mistake with one woman, the same case as the vows, right? You make the same way you make condition about the vows, you make condition about his father liking. And we still see a machlaikas. According to Rabbah, when it's one woman, there's no machlaikas. Here you see it is machlaikas by one woman. No, this is what we're dealing with. He, he says on condition that that av father will want, or What he really means is not that my father wants. What he really means is on condition that my father's quiet about it. My father doesn't throw a whole stink over here. He's okay with it. And then the father ended up being quiet. So he didn't say he's okay with it. He didn't say he's not okay with it. Umar Sovar, and the other opinion is, the other shita is, he's saying, no, no, no. What he meant is, my father has to say, his mom is happy with this. The father didn't say, hence, that's why the marriage is not going to be valid. Bottom line is, we don't have an upshlag of Rabbah. Rabbah still sticking with his opinion, stating that by one woman, there's no machleikah. So here we go. Let's try this one more time. Ace that's another challenging question on Rabbah's opinion, the Chum agree to the opinion of Rabbi Eliezer. We're going to go a little bit into uh, Yavamus over here. If you have a katana, a young girl, whose father married her off, and then she gets divorced. So her father's alive, but he's not allowed to remarry her. The father can only marry off his daughter once. He has one card to marry her off. He is Saima Bechayav. So we consider her to be an orphan in her father's lifetime. Now what does it mean she's an orphan? Her father is alive and kicking, but she's an orphan in as much as the father no longer has control over marrying her off. He has only one card to marry her off. So he married her off. She got divorced. He cannot remarry her to somebody else. That's what it means. She's an orphan in her father's lifetime. Okay. And then the Hechzeira. The husband, the original husband, decided to remarry her. Let me ask you a question. Is this okay? So really, biblically, it's not okay. You know why? Because there's no father here who has any rights, and a katana can't do anything. She can't give over rights. So biblically speaking, you're not married. Rabbinically, you are. It's like the mother or brother married her off. So they're married rabbinically. The Chum agreed to Rebbe In such a case, we'll say, Chalitza without Yibam. Why can't you do Yibam? She had a real full-fledged divorce from her first marriage. Okay, so she's no longer biblically married. And when he took her back, it wasn't a complete marriage. Because what was it? Only a rabbinic marriage. When do we say this halacha that you got to do chalitza no yibum sheger shekshikitana vechzerek shikitana? They got divorced from their first marriage when she was 
under bas mitzvah, and they remarried when she's under bas mitzvah. Avol gershik shigatana. Let's say they get divorced when she's a katana. And they get back together when she was already an adult. Let's say she got remarried when she was blessed in Bar Mitzvah, and now she's older than Bas Mitzvah. And he dies childless. is going to be, you could do either one. That's all the Gemara in Yavamas. Why? Top of tomorrow's daf. Even in that case, we're going to say you got to do chalitza, not yibum. Yeah, you have a, you have a question? Yeah. You good? No, I, I didn't quite understand what happened. So what happens is like this. So the Brysa says as follows. The Brysa says, if you have a girl whose father marries her off, and then she gets divorced. So she was biblically married and biblically divorced. And then she remarries the first husband. And he dies childless. In such a case, they're going to do chalitza and not yibam. Why? How old is she now? So the Gemara clarifies and says, if she's been a katana all along, okay, when she's been a katana all along, that's where we say, do chalitza and no yibam. But let's say, a father marries her off. Listen to this case. Father marries her off. She's 10. She gets divorced at 11. Okay? She remarries her first husband when she's 13. She's a G'dayla now. Or she remarries at 11 and she's 13. Bottom line is, the husband who she remarried dies when she's already an adult and he's childless. So, do we say that you're not allowed to do Yibam? No. You could do Yibam then, right? Because she's already a G'dayla. She's a G'dayla. So in such a case, we'll say, either her and the brother can do Chalitza, or they could do Yibam. When do we say you need to do Chalitza? When she was always a Katana. When do we say it's a regular case where you could choose? That's where she's now a gedola. Okay? That's all we're saying. That, that's what we've clarified now. Now we're going to turn this brysa into a question into a, uh, a question on Rabbah. And listen to this. Top of tomorrow's daf. Even in that case, chalitza without yibam. Even if she's already gedola. Now, says the Gemara, in this case, where she remarries husband number one, and then she becomes a gedola, it's the same woman having two marriages. And we still see a machlaikas whether or not you could do yibum. We're assuming, you know why there's a machlaikas about whether or not you could do yibum? Because since she had relations with her husband after she became a after she became a gedayla, do we do we want to look at that those relations and say, oh, you don't want to turn those relations into znos? It must be you're full fledged married. And if you're full flesh married, you could do Yibam or Chalitza with the brother. Or do we say, no, 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 maybe she stayed with her husband. They had relations. But you still need to do Chalitza without Yibam because who says that at the time of the relations, they really intended that this is part of their marriage. So now Rabbah says that when you have a single woman, when, when you have one woman, there's no Machlaikas. Here you see a Machlaikas. 
By Toysi Shaachas. Question on Rabbah. Last step for tonight. Hasam Nami Bahakam No, no, no. Says the Gemara. That price as well. They argue. Marasavra Adam Yadeh Shinkadusha Kedana Klum. The Tanakama holds that people know when she's 10 years old, there's no such thing as a biblical marriage on a 10 year old. And therefore, when you have relations, once she's a Gedela, they certainly had in mind it was for the purpose of marriage. And that's why you need to get. Umar Savar, the other opinion is, not everybody knows that marriage of a Katana can't be biblical. Not everybody knows that. They think maybe marriage is a marriage. Therefore, when they had relations, he had no thought that these relations should turn into a marriage. He was going back to the original Kedushin before she even became a Gedaila. And hence, she never entered into a biblical marriage. And that's why you got to do Chalitza and you're not allowed to do Yibam. Because she was never biblically married to the deceased brother. We're up to Itbar Nami. We'll hold it here for this evening. Have a wonderful, wonderful week, everybody.